Greeting Earthlings, we have now taken over your radio. Happy Friday, Newman. Yeah, TGIF, you know. Yeah. TGIF. Yeah. Happy to be in the studio today. It's uh, Friday, August 19th, and we want to talk some basketball. We always want to talk some basketball. We always do. That's the only thing we ever talk about. We're here on the fast break. I'm Trey. I'm here with my good friend, Tristan Newman. And want to give a shout out to our boy, Bilal Rajan, who could not be with us, but he's the third member of the fast break. He's in Brazil pouring his time and effort into their educational system and rating their snack products. Yeah, and um, via Snapchat. Yeah, and, and doing other things, enjoying beaches. You know, I think that's about it, actually. Yeah, yeah. You think he's not enjoying yeah. beaches and uh, some beautiful women? Oh, who knows? With that beard? Yeah, you can do anything with that beard. Oh man, we're definitely beard guys. We're definitely beard guys. For I sure. like a good beard. Yeah, just not on the not on the agenda, but just best beards in the NBA off the top of your head. Kevin Love comes to mind. Ooh, Kevin Love's got a good one. I mean, James Harden. James. It's a little messy. I agree. I'm not a huge fan, but we at least have to throw his name in there. It's more infamous than good, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Well uh, said. Um, honestly, LeBron James has a solid beard. He does. Well, he has zero hair on his head. He has yeah. a pretty rock solid beard. I'm not a big fan of Kyrie's beard. No, no. No. And I think Steph Curry's beard is the worst beard in the NBA. Right, just real patchy. It's still filling out. It's still he's, is what it he's, seems like. He's 28 years old and he's still trying to fill out his beard. Yeah. I mean, I can't talk. I can't grow anything, but I at least know my limitations and don't try. Yeah, I got some work to do. Also, Bilal's really carrying the beard category for our team here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get to it. So yeah. we've got a lot of fun segments here for you. You actually have some basketball insight or what we call insight from our fan perspective yeah. and we're really excited so you want to start us off Trey? yeah last show we just kind of went off the cuff had a little bit of fun on here but we've actually got an agenda so our last real show that we had planned out was june 13th so over two months ago yep so what we want to do is do a quick recap of what's happened since then Or since we've been gone. Yeah, yeah, excited. So, in not necessarily in a particular order, let's talk about the draft just for a sec. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. Uh, highlights in the draft, Malik Monk fell too far. He's going to be amazing. Yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. is the next great point guard. Um, Markel Fultz doesn't look like he likes to enjoy anything, not even basketball or being with his teammates. But yeah. But we'll see if he's good. As long as he's good, it doesn't matter if he enjoys it, really. Um, those are my three big takes. What about you? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you real quick. So Malik Monk fell too far. Dennis Smith may have fallen too far. Which teams made the mistakes that led them that far down? I, the Knicks come to mind. Um, the Knicks, the thing is that the guy who drafted the player drafted him for a system and then got fired. So mm. I'm sure Frank is a really good player, Frankie Nicotine. I'm sure, you yeah. know, James Dolan has everything under control, though. <laughs> yeah, he Got everything in control while playing on a band and touring in front of tens and ones of fans. Um, but yeah, I think it's really the Knicks. And then you look at the Bulls. Shocker of the year, the Bulls made a mistake drafting Laurie Markinen seven. Mm. Ugh. I don't think anybody likes that pick. I don't mm. think Laurie Markinen likes that pick. Mm. <laughs> I think he's sitting there like, man, they drafted me seven? That's a lot of expectations. 
But yeah, and then I, I think Frankie Nicotine is going to be a good player. I think he has to go to a right system. I don't think he's somebody you can just thrust in there and he's going to become a star. And hopefully the Knicks can develop him, and hopefully Lori Markkinen be, can become like I don't even know what they're hoping for out of him. Like yeah. is, is he just like every draft comparison was Channing Frye, and if you're drafting Channing Frye at seven and what's considered one of the most deep drafts in NBA history. It seems a little... seems like you're not reaching high enough. Yeah. There was so much potential in the guard category, especially. That was all the hype coming into the draft yeah. that it seemed a little bit silly to not you know, jump in on that, partake in the, the surplus of yeah. good guards. The one thing I will say is they drafted Chris Dunn. They drafted... I mean, they traded for Chris Dunn. They traded for Zach Levine. So when you look at it that way, they filled out their, their guards for the future. Adding another guard doesn't really make sense, but I think when you've got to go with the most talented player when you're at high and in a deep draft like that, Laurie Markin was probably not the choice. All right, and kind of a subplot, really maybe the largest plot in, within the draft was that the Celtics traded away their number one pick to the Sixers in order, well, I shouldn't say in order to get Jason Tatum, but they felt like that was the move for them. Yeah. My sources. Um mm. From ESPN.com. Right. Have said that the Celtics planned on drafting Tatum either way. So yeah. for them, it's a perfect move. They move down three. They move down two spots, get the guy they want, and pick up an extra future draft pick. And for the Sixers, I think it's it was partially they weren't sure. They really liked Fultz. They wanted to make sure they got him. They weren't sure if the Celtics were being serious about not willing to turn down Jason mm-hmm. Tatum. And I think it was also... He just fit their he just fit their situation so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy who can score, a guy who can play off the ball, a guy who has potential to be a great defender, and they just wanted to make sure they got him. And you know, giving up one of their draft picks out of their Trevor treasure trove. Hopefully, they don't. They're not looking for nineteen year olds anymore. Hopefully, they're looking for actual contributors in the future. Yeah. So, I think they're it made built their young core. I agree with that. Yeah, I think they, I think it made sense for both teams, and you know, it was a move that was made. And it all depends on if Fultz becomes the guy they thought he was going to be, and if Tatum. If Fultz becomes a superstar and Tatum becomes just a guy, then obviously the Celtics missed out. But if Fultz, if they're both all stars, I think both teams won out of that. I think yeah. I don't think Tatum turns into an all star on this on the Sixers. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Sixers. I think Marco Fultz fits really well there. They've got a few spots filled with good players, uh, especially at the forward and center position. So taking uh, Jason Tatum wasn't necessarily a huge upside move for them, even though he is the most polished scorer in the draft. I think yeah. it's pretty much consensus. Uh, why do you think, though, that the Celtics weren't interested? Uh, I really, I can't tell you. Um, yeah. I think they... Danny Ainge doing Danny Ainge things. I, I, I think Danny Ainge has a master plan that none of us can see. I don't. I really don't think he wants to re-sign Isaiah Thomas to a five-year deal. So I that, that leaves their guard spot vacated. I don't see Mark Smart becoming the superstar. I see him becoming a great off-guard defender if he can get his three-point shot up. Basically, every Bradley's light. Mm-hmm. But so I don't know what their plan is. I think they're trying to trade for a superstar, and the only superstar that I see fits them is Kyrie Irving in the landscape, but we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really didn't pull the trigger on any deals. So I don't know. They have a lot of assets. The one thing that sucks for them is that this next draft is basically loaded with forwards and centers, yep. and they don't need more of those. So yeah. I don't know whether. They're going to probably have to sign Isaiah Thomas to a long-term extension or kind of go without the guard spot for a little bit. But we'll see We'll see what they were going for. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, Kyrie's in the market, which we'll get to later. Uh, I wouldn't be so quick, though, to say they didn't sign any big deals. They pulled in Gordon Hayward from the Jazz, which is big for them. It also happened in the, the since-we've-been-gone era. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't. No disrespect to Gordon Hayward. I'm talking yeah. about moves that yeah, could yeah, be absolutely. made off of the trade with 
the 76ers. Yeah. Um, but Gordon Hayward's a big sign. And the way the drama in Cleveland is looking, the Celtics could be primed to go to the NBA Finals and get swept. Um, so that that would be exciting. <laughs> that would be exciting. It's the, yeah. it, do we really even need the NBA to regular season? Not that I enjoy the regular season, but do we really need it at this point? We know the Golden State Warriors are going to not cruise, but they're going to make it to the finals, and then they're going to sweep whoever comes out of the East because Cleveland has no team chemistry. Boston's a really solid team, but, I mean, come on. I will say, yes, I want the regular season because, and to the next point, I want Russ to get some time to kind of assimilate with Paul George, get their groove going, the big three in Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams, and Paul George. <laughs> well, we're really lowering the standard for a big three now. I, I think I think every team should just be able to put a big three on the poster. I I, I think yeah. there's it's what a big three is what you want your big three to be. So you know they want to put Enos Cantor. Yeah. Russell Westbrook and Paul George on the poster. I still, I still yeah, want them that's to fine, trade that's fine. I want them to get something for him. He's paid uh, he's he's too, too much. much. He's, I mean, he's a great player. He's, he's, he's a, a great offensive asset, player. But he's not needed he's, there right He's now. a defensive liability. Great offensive yeah. player, but a defensive yep. liability for sure. Yeah. Um, but back to your point, I'm excited for this. Yeah. We'll see how they can handle the ball. We'll see if Russell can pass the ball off to someone. I think he trusts Paul George, whereas last year he literally didn't trust a single person on that team to do anything for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, probably rightfully so. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm just interested because literally every pundit in America has been talking about how Chris Paul and James Harden, there's only one ball. How are they going to work together? Mm. While Russell Westbrook had the highest usage of all time, and you're adding another high usage po- player in Paul George, and no one's talking about there's only one ball. <laughs> People are just ignoring. I, I think it's because they don't believe the Thunder are actually a contender. But I'm excited to see, and then they can both hold hands and walk to L.A. and get yeah. <laughs> get $30 million contracts yeah, next year. Package so package over there next yeah. year. I will say, though, that maybe why that it's not coming up as much with the with the Thunder, which it is coming up. People are talking yeah. about it. Uh, but James Harden has never been in the superstar role with another superstar. Neither is Paul George. That's, that's fair. But Russell Westbrook has. So the concern on the high usage rate there is... I think a little bit nullified by the fact that he played with Kevin Durant for a few years, and though there were issues, he's at least had the experience, and hopefully has learned something from it. Whereas James no. Harden hasn't had the experience of playing with another high usage player. Do you, Do you remember the Thunder team with Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Kevin Durant? Uh-huh. I know it, I know it's like a long time ago, yeah. but James Harden has had plenty of experience playing with another but high he, usage player. But yes, but he wasn't a high usage player at that time. He was six man off the bench. But he was a, he was in their clutch time lineups. He was. He was. Well, but well, well, I'm just saying he, he hadn't he hadn't had to learn how to share yeah. a high usage. I I, 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 I understand what you're just, saying. I just understand. To yeah, kind of, yeah. you know, devil's yeah. advocate. He also, he also had to play with Dwight Howard when he was a superstar. So yeah, and okay. Dwight Howard wanted the ball. Well, the thing is, he both wanted those, it. Yeah, they were cra- <laughs> they were crash and burns. I'm not giving you good examples. They're just crash and burn situations. But no one's enjoyed playing with Dwight Howard since probably junior high school. Um, maybe or maybe even his probably his dad was probably making all the kids give him the ball all the time. So probably elementary school. But all right, we'll move on. We, we're, we're moving on. We're moving yeah. on. Uh, Blake Griffin stays with the Clippers was another kind of contentious point in the last couple months. How do you feel about that one? I think it makes sense with Chris Paul leaving. I think yeah. just because, you know. He's lonely over there, though. He's got DeAndre Jordan. I mean, he has DeAndre he's got, Jordan. He's but... got Danilo Gallinari. He's got Austin, he's got Austin Rivers. <laughs> Who are the Clippers big three? Does Austin Rivers make the Clippers big three? <laughs> is he is he on their poster when they 
when they put whatever cheesy yes. strive for greatness. Yes, because Doc <laughs> has a say. Yeah, Doc has a I don't know. He's only the coach now. He's not the president. Yeah. Well, okay. So right. I, I think Blake Griffin staying there makes, for the most part, sense. The biggest part about the Clippers that bums me out is that they're breaking ground for a new stadium in Inglewood where Seattle could really use a team. And if anybody's going to do it, I feel like it would have been Steve yeah. Ballmer, you know, who's from the Seattle area. As, as great as a market as Seattle is going to be for some team, I just think you, you, don't, leave, you don't leave L.A. when you've got it. And it's, it's, it's a huge market for basketball. Yeah. The thing is they're always going to be second fiddle to the Lakers, but being settled, second fiddle to the Lakers is not a bad position to be in. I mean, that makes sense in that you wouldn't – necessarily choose to move from a larger market to a slightly smaller market. Seattle's a good market, but it's not in L.A. So yeah, it makes yeah. more sense for somebody like Sacramento, Charlotte, yeah, Sa- some Sa- smaller market team yeah. to move over there. Yeah. The thing is, it's, it's going to have Milwaukee. to be... Yeah. I'd love to have yeah. them. Yeah, it's going to have to be a team that I just don't think is contending for a title right now. Because yeah. I think if you're contending for a title, you're at least going to have fans. Um, yeah. So it's well, going to... Clippers aren't doing that right now. Yeah, I mean, L.A. fans are fickle either way. The Lakers have still been struck. I mean, yeah. Even the Lakers are struggling. They're the Lakers, like especially with I have I can't believe we're we've gotten this far without mentioning uh, Lonzo Ball on the Lakers. He's bringing some more attention over there, and yeah. rightfully so. He was the summer league MVP, and though he got off to a slow start, I, his first game was rough. I don't remember what the st- what the stats were, but his first game was pretty brutal to watch. But he picked it up, a few triple doubles, and the Lakers took home the summer league trophy. He was the number two draft pick. This is what we expected. He's doing what we expect him to do. Yeah. He's, oh, we got to yeah. talk about him. This, he's looking good. Yeah, like he, no, no, he's doing I good. think he even at the number two spot yeah. exceeded some people's expectations. We might have thought uh, he would take a while to assimilate to the NBA, to yeah. that higher level play. The people who thought that are stupid because the two things that, the two things that translate easily to the NBA are passing and rebounding. He's yeah. a really good passer, mm-hmm. and he showed he could rebound at UCLA for a guard. Mm-hmm. That just makes sense. Now, people were questioning whether he'd be able to score, and I still don't think he'll be an elite scorer ever. Yep. But if you if you can tell me Lonzo's going to give me 11 a game, 11 points a game, 11 assists a game, and six boards a game. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. That's a that's a, that's an all-star player. Um, really, if you think about it, that's nearly averaging a triple-double, and that's what I expect from Lonzo, especially maybe not in his first year, but I think that'll be a constant baseline for him, and that's a really solid player. And all the stuff with LeVar Ball kind of shadowed the fact that He's a really good basketball player. Like, you don't go number two overall in a draft that's considered one of the deepest in history yep. Yep. for not being a good— you don't, you don't go that high for, because your dad says you should go that high. Like, yep. The Lakers did their due diligence, and he was a really good player at UCLA, and I expect him to be a solid player in the NBA. Now, is he going to turn your franchise around? No, but he can bring a really good culture of passing and ball movement, which has turned Golden State into the juggernaut that it is right now. Maybe most importantly, what shoes is he going to wear? Honestly, I think this is a brilliant marketing ploy. It really is. Turn, turn, turn down everyone, say you want a billion dollars. If one of them says yes, then obviously you jump on that because it's a freaking billion dollars. If none of them say anything, let your son go out there and play basketball, kill the game, and now everybody wants him. He's the. Everybody knows the name Lonzo Ball. Everybody knows the name LeVar Ball. The Ball name is basically infamous right now. Mm-hmm. and. A shoe company would be stupid not to try to sign them if they offer them a deal. And now it's kind of the kind of balls in their court. If they, no pun intended, um, if they <laughs> if, if they want to if they want to sign with any of these shoe companies, they have a lot of the leverage, a lot of the leeway because the shoe company knows it's going to be a high selling shoe. It really is. And 
don't care about all the ridiculousness that preceded this. It was. It ended up turning into a brilliant marketing plan. Whether they had this plan in mind at the beginning, I doubt it. But it it works out well. It works out well when your son plays basketball really well. Yeah. yeah. Did you foresee though that Lonzo would at least at this point it's looking like he probably won't be wearing big baller brand shoes coming into the season. He kind of ditched those after the first game. Wore a cycle of he wore Jordans, Nikes, Adidas. Yeah. Kind of thrown it out there that like you guys got a bid on me. Yeah. Well, I force. I didn't foresee any of this. I, I didn't uh, see I, him yeah. leaving behind the family brand. Yeah. It would surprise me. The thing is, it's slow. they're slow making the shoe. It's probably not the most yeah. high quality. Oh, definitely not. But, um, I mean, it was it was easy. Like, you just you just test everyone out, see what they see what they like. And the fact that he played well in all those shoes, it also helped. The fact mm-hmm. that he kind of, the first game he played was in the ball brand shoes, and they weren't, it wasn't his best game. I don't think that really matters. Like, yeah. I think he'll start day one wearing... Big baller brand shoes and move on and wear that for the certain part of the season. And then once he signs a deal with an actual shoemaker, then I imagine he'll change over. But I think what they should do, this is a, this is a take on my end. I say go. you sign with Payless. <laughs> you sign with Payless and they just they, they just become your distributor for the baller brand shoes, for the big baller brand. They're, they're just your distributor. You can still sell them at really high prices because – I don't. No one goes to Payless. Like people will actually go to Payless to buy big baller brand shoes. Uh-huh. Payless needs the business. They can. They need a distributor who actually has the capacity to make thousands upon thousands upon thousands of shoes. You just work that band together, and then you just take a certain percentage of the sales, maybe fifty percent, because they really want you. And then you have your big baller brand. I think that's the way you should go. I don't think you should give your name to Nike or Adidas because. They'll take it and they'll run with it, but you won't have the rights anymore. And that's a mergers and acquisitions take from Tristan Newman, <laughs> kind of diversifying our <laughs> our agenda here. I like it. Right. That's the only time I've ever heard a Payless Shoes pitch make sense. <laughs> uh, Wait, we, we've got one more. So Melo yeah, can't seem to find the home. Yeah, he's just wandering the streets of Houston right now. He's begging, begging for James Dolan to let him go. Yeah, he's begging and <laughs> he's literally begging for James Dolan to let him go. He wants to go to Houston. And Houston has no assets to offer. I am a Houston basketball sports fan, and we really have no assets to give. We're just offering Ryan Anderson. <laughs> We're offering Ryan Anderson as much cash as we can offer and maybe, like, a free a free visit to Kima Boardwalk in the NASA Space Center. That's kind of, that's kind of what we're offering right now. And, it is, <laughs> it's, it's, and that's, all, that's all we can really offer. We have to bring another team in. But we want to get – Melo wants to come to Houston. That's the only place he wants to go. He doesn't want to stay in New York. It's a deadlock, deadlock situation, and Houston has nothing to offer, so it's going to take another team that wants to take on Ryan Anderson's contract, and I'm not sure how it's really going to go from there. Yeah. I really don't see a scenario in which the New York Knicks win and the Houston Rockets get Carmelo Anthony. It's either the Knicks basically just give Carmelo Anthony away for free or Melo stays in New York. Yeah, that is, that is tough. That is tough. tough. And the last thing I want to mention before we move on, Jimmy Butler to the Timberwolves is the other big move this summer, which... That's looking pretty like it could be pretty scary. Yeah, they've got a full arsenal over there. They they have a great lineup. Um, Tom Thibodeau it, has come back yeah. for his revenge with the Bulls. He has <laughs> taken everything from them. <laughs> he, he duped the Bulls fans. He did. I, I I don't understand what it's like to be a Bulls fan and a Bears fan at the same time. But if you're also a White Sox fan, you might as well just give up on sports. Like if you those if those are your three teams, you just need to stop watching sports for the next three four years. But he. He did a good job. I mean, the Jimmy Butler trade, it can catapult them to the next level. It's just I have to see it to believe it. I mean, they have mm-hmm. all the players, I think, to 
really do a similar thing to what the Indiana, all right, the Indiana Pacers did in, I think, believe when they were challenging the Heat in 2013-2014. Um, just play really rock solid, great defense, slow the game down, and just really just grind out wins. And I think that's what works in the playoffs, and they have the lineup that will be able to do that. It's just if they can bring it all together. Yeah, they do. Um, so I'm excited to see them. I think it's going to take a while for them to get cohesive. And honestly, it's going to their biggest challenge is going to be making the playoffs in the West. I think they once they get in the playoffs, they'll be a really, really tough team to beat out. But still a young team, and if they can, it's going to be tough to make the playoffs in a really loaded West this year. What do you think? I mean, it is the West has only gotten more loaded this off season. Talent has kind of almost unanimously moved away from the Eastern Conference, which bodes really well. I mean, with the exception of Gordon Hayward going to the Celtics which bodes really well for the Cavs and the Celtics, who are really the only teams that can pose any kind of threat to, I mean, anybody besides the Warriors in the West. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean nobody. It, it, yeah, it's a, yeah. Lo- it's a loaded Western Conference. And it is. Everyone says the pendulum is going to swing back to the East at some point. I really don't see it. I mean, it's I, an easier route to the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's an easier, a, route, it's to an easier route to the playoffs, but people want to be, I mean, the West, the West has all the talent right now, and other than New York City and Miami— and maybe Chicago, the biggest destinations are on the West Coast right now. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the tough thing about it. You're not wrong. Yeah, and er- everyone loves being in L.A. Like, I'd, I'd love to be in L.A. if I was a multimillionaire and I could DM any Instagram model and be like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Like, I'd, I'd love to be in L.A. It makes sense. Everyone goes to L.A. for their offseason. It makes sense. And the, <laughs> I can understand why people would want to be on the West Coast. So it's, it's, it's tough for the NBA. They may have to make a huge decision on how they make their playoffs and how they decide to go with everything <clears throat> but um i don't think it's a uh, it's not a league ender like people love watching basketball it's the most exciting game i do it's the most exciting game behind football and it has the best personalities in the world besides soccer so people are going to continue to watch basketball the nba is in a great spot and if the eastern conference it's easier to make the playoffs than the western conference then it's not the end of the world because i don't think the 9 seed or the 10 seed is going to make the nba finals it really doesn't change that much of a difference yeah yeah i do want to right quick since Bilal's not here i'm not going to defend the raptors for him but i want to say that he would right now he would give you his take on how they've been building out their squad this summer i'm not in but uh it at least needs to be mentioned on his behalf yeah, and also yeah. our college basketball analyst based out of phoenix is a Bulls, Bears, White Sox fan. So oh, it's tough. Sorry, brother. Mitchell Trubisky, though the the great hope, Mitchell uh-huh. Trubisky. Yeah, he's been looking good. He looked he looked good in his one preseason game against the preseason. I'm not going to crown someone for doing well in the preseason game, but um, you know he he looked really good. Um, so now we'll take a quick break to get one of our sponsors going, and we'll be back in a second. Hey y'all! So I'm doing a quick read for our unofficial official sponsor Domino's Pizza. We uh we took a quick minute to kind of dissect DiGiorno's and we may have been a little harsh, but Domino's decided that they'd want to be our next unofficial official sponsor. So <laughs> we decided to join in on a deal with them and if you guys please enjoy the deliciousness that is Domino's Pizza. A nice garlic crust, wings that seem like they've been made from heaven. Deliciousness and cinnamon toast bites in a chocolate lava cake at very reasonable prices. Domino's Pizza delivers almost everywhere, and their flavor is enjoyed by nearly everyone. So please, if you would like to join in on the fast break, 
We love Domino's Pizza, and they are our unofficial official sponsor for this episode. So please make sure to show Domino's your love if you haven't already. And now we're back to the show. Yeah. What are you eating tonight? Kind of feeling some some Domino's after that. I mean, I'm I'm definitely down for some Domino's. Ooh, ooh, they're Hawaiian. Delish, oh. de- delish, delicious. It never never had a bad Domino's pizza in my life. Maybe I will a little say. Domino's and a a cold one. Uh, uh, open up a cold one for the boys this summer. And uh, this beer is not an official sponsor, so I cannot name them. But we will be enjoying a few beers tonight and. Having a good time with Domino's and beer. I think it's, it's, say, it, it's a great combo. I will also say we have not figured out the soundboard yet. That was a real. That was a real crack. Oh, that was a, that was a real crack of the can. <laughs> it's All Friday. Right. It's Friday in the studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Friday. It's Friday. And I want to introduce a new segment. I'm kind of excited about this. I'm I very think excited. It's going to be fun. Uh, recurring segment, the first of many, the future collector's item of the week, and I want to give that a little bit of context. So I do want to. Give a little origin story. Of course, of course. It needs to be. I follow Bill Simmons, the man from The Ringer, formerly from Grantland, former from ESPN. The man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. The pod father. The father, yes, the pod father, the father of the basketball Bible, the book of basketball, 707 pages of hot takes. There you go. So I follow that man. There you go. Bill Simmons on Instagram, and he, a few weeks ago, was at the... Sports collectors convention, collectors. I don't know. I don't remember what it was it called. Does, it Sports does, collectors it, convention. It, it doesn't matter. In Chicago, it doesn't matter. Which looked awesome, by the way. It's on my bucket list. But he posted a few pictures of like there was like a Jalen Rose Converse poster, like the only one ever, and just all these little <laughs> like like subplot items, these relics from years past in the NBA. So what I wanted to do was bringing a segment where we pick one of these relics. We find something from a, a subplot, a mini era within the NBA. And we kind of reminisce about it a little bit. Just to clarify, this is going to be stuff that's going to be very popular 10 to 15 years from, oh, yeah. from right now. So we're, we're predicting what's going to be popular collector's items of the basketball world 10 to 15 years from now. Yeah, you find a mint poster of you know this guy, this era, this memory from basketball past, yeah. and you're going to be pretty stoked about it in 15 years. Just a tease for a future segment. You guys remember when Gilbert Arenas was popular, Agent mm. Zero? That's just a tease, but that's not the main course for today. Oh, we'll go so, there. So what will we be talking about today, Trey? We'll be talking about the the New York-based phenomenon, the one of the biggest Asian players ever, and he really only was... A sensation for 36 games, something like that. And the offseason afterwards. And the offseason afterwards, where he signed with the Houston Rockets. But we're going to dive into Lin Sanity. Woo! The man who came out of nowhere and stunned the basketball world. So we're just going to go through his story right quick. December 27th, 2011 is when it all started. He signed with the Knicks. Wait, before Trey, you start. Just want to let everyone know he went to Harvard. I'm not sure if anyone knew this, but he did go to Harvard. He did go to Harvard. He went. He went to Harvard. <laughs> Make sure we understand that huge fact that he came out of Harvard University. And the actual collector's item that we're building off of is a Linsanity. They made a movie. They made a Linsanity movie. How and long? get this, it was. It went to the Sundance Festival. It was like, wow, like critically acclaimed. Yeah, that's how. That shows you how big Linsanity was. Yeah. It made a movie and went to Sundance, which I don't know a lot about Sundance, but 
it seems like only like really high class movies go to Sundance, yeah. and, like very independent films. And yeah. the fact that an independent film about basketball made it there when most films about basketball are Space Jam, mm. it says it says a lot about Lynn's sanity and mm. the journey of being an Asian American and making it in the NBA. Yeah, way to go, Jeremy Lin. But all started a little late Christmas present, December twenty seventh, two thousand eleven. I remember the day. Merry Christmas, Knicks. You just signed a no-name named Jeremy Lin. February 4th, 2012 was his first significant game. Mike D'Antoni was the coach at the time. The Knicks were 2-11 and in their last 13 games. And so D'Antoni's like, you know what? We're going to try something different. Jeremy Lin is on this uh, non-committal contract. They can drop him at any time prior to, I think, like the middle of February was the deal on that contract. So Mike D'Antoni's like, you know what? Like, fuck it. We're on a yeah. podcast. Fuck it. Yeah. Huge <laughs> part of this, Carmelo Anthony was injured during this time period. Uh-huh. Gave Jeremy Lin the opening because Carmelo Anthony was too busy telling girls that Lala was married, but not him. He, the vows didn't matter to him. He lied. He straight up lied on the, at the wedding. So continue. Yeah. So Jeremy Lin had played a total of, I think, 55 minutes coming into this game with the Knicks. And he comes in and plays 35 minutes this game. He puts up 25 points, 7 assists, 5 boards. A very solid style line. Great start. Out of nowhere. This no-name Jeremy Lin comes off the bench. This uh, above-average-sized Asian, about 6'4". I think he's listed at 6'4". 6'4", so probably actually 6'3". Yeah, okay. We'll yeah. round down. Yeah. We ran into uh, Matthew Del Vadova a few weeks ago. He's, about he's listed at 6'4". He's more like 6'2". 6'2". Yeah, I'd give him 6'2". Sure. I'd give him 6'2", yeah. I might round up to 6'2". So, all right, all right. What, whatever we want to do. 6'4 so, in shoes. <laughs> Yeah, so Jeremy Lin comes off the bench, no name, out of Harvard, puts up 25-7-5, and five, and just kind of a, nobody's really paying attention to him yet, just kind of a blip on the radar, something a little bit like a really committed Knicks fan to be like, hey, like this is cool, who's this new guy? Six days later, February 10th, 2012, cheers. Cheers. Knicks kind of get their, get their game rolling a little bit, they won the last couple, Jeremy Lin comes in that game and puts up 38 Against Kobe and the Lakers. Did you say 38? 38. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, that's a lot of points. That is a lot of points. I can't put up 38 against a YMCA team right now. Yeah. Yeah. 38 is a lot. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is like the this is the start of Lin Sanity. He comes in. It's probably a TNT game because it's, you know, Knicks, Lakers, two big markets. That gets nationally televised. Maybe ESPN jumped in on there. Probably NBC. Yeah. Somebody big. So, so, someone someone broadcasted this. Game. Yeah, yeah. This is this is network television. So Jeremy Lin comes in on network television at this point, puts up thirty eight, and now everybody's like, "Hey, like this this guy's there's something to this this Jeremy Lin that these kind of no name Knicks fans are talking about. He's he, he could be big time." Yep. Four days later, as Lin Sandy's ramping up, as ESPN is airing his highlights, starting to tell a story. Maybe building a pre-30 for 30 of this no-name coming out of nowhere. Yep. Jeremy Lin comes in and drills a game-winning three against the Toronto Raptors. I remember watching SportsCenter the day oh, after this. Oh, I remember this well. It was unreal. It was. Did I, did I mention that he went to Harvard? I'm not sure if anyone knew this, but he went to Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> Just letting everyone know. So over the stretch of you know five, six games, he's averaging, I think he's right around 30 points a game, nine assists, six boards. He's putting up. Big numbers. Yeah. I mean, by by any standard, he's putting up big numbers. Yes. So that was really the icing on the Lin Sanity excitement. Uh, about a month later, Mike D'Antoni, despite bringing in Jeremy Lin 
an independent decision where he kind of turned things around for a little bit. They start winning some more. They go on a rough stretch to start the month. They start 2-6 and six in March. The Knicks win big against the Lakers, but at this point, Melo is back, and Jeremy Lin notches a meek six points to go with six turnovers in this game. This is kind of a semi-formal close to the Lincoln area. It lasted a total of a month and 10 days over the stretch of, I think, 15 games. He's putting up big numbers, but he kind of starts to fall off at this point. Yeah, I think he ends the season with the injury, I'm pretty sure. He does, so, eventually. He tears his meniscus. Yeah, so rough, rough end to the real excitement, real exciting period that was Linsanity. Yeah, that happens in May. So the Knicks make the playoffs this year, and they're playing a series against the Heat first round, and Jeremy Lin is sitting out despite making a public statement saying his knee is about 80%. This brings a little bit of turmoil to the Linsanity era, but they later find out, and in May he undergoes surgery on a torn meniscus. So it was legitimate. His Knicks, at, his Knicks run at this point is over. He's done with the Knicks. He made it big. He got a lot of attention. And as short-lived big numbers stretches go, he gets overpaid. Houston steps in. I, he, go ahead. Honestly, it's not a bad contract. The uh, Rockets signed him for three years, $25 million. And... It's not a bad contract. It's just Jeremy Lin needs the ball in his hands and James Harden needs the ball in his hands. Yeah. Well, yes. they didn't sign James Harden until after they signed Jeremy Lin. Well, we traded for James Harden. So we signed, we signed Jeremy Lin and then Daryl Morey, as slick as he is, yeah. trades for James Harden. And we all know how that ended up, but it really – it's tough. Jeremy Lin needs the, ball in his, needs the ball in his hands and also does James Harden. So, yeah. Nobody knew at the time that James Harden was going to turn out the way he did, though. Yeah, that's true. But I think everyone knew that James Harden was a better player than mm-hmm. Jeremy Lin. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they signed Jeremy yes. Lin to a three-year, $25 million deal. And then afterwards, about a month later, they trade for James Harden. And so as they're kind of figuring things out, it turns out James Harden's a stud. Nobody knew. Yes, he is. He is quite a stud. People didn't know that. So Jeremy Lin is kind of put in this awkward position of not really having the ball in his hands. James Harden is kind of a ball-dominant and very effective player, good scorer, good passer. And so, you know, what do we need Jeremy Lin for? Yeah, it's it's basically what happened. And <sighs> watching Rockets games that year, everyone understood that James Harden was James Harden was the man, and we needed Jeremy Lin to basically be a knockdown shooter when James Harden was on the floor and take over for ball handling duties for the 12 minutes James Harden wasn't on yeah. the floor. And his pretty much his only significant stat line that year was when James Harden was out of the lineup, surprise, surprise, puts up 38 again, big time. Yep. But, I mean, being on a team with James Harden where he's not really that needed was kind of the start of his basketball death, if we want to consider being in Brooklyn currently as dying. Um, He is on the Brooklyn roster at the moment. He last year started 33 games in their 20-62 and 62 season. So nobody's really heard from him in a while. He played for Charlotte in the interim. He, let's see, he was with the Lakers for a little bit. Yeah. All we, of which were really mediocre runs, nothing exciting. Yeah. Lynn Sanin did not come to fruition as it seemed like it might. Yeah. I think what I'm excited about this year because he was injured last year and the Linsanity that he's hoping for is getting the Brooklyn Nets to 35 wins and 
maybe the eighth pick in the NBA draft and kind of screwing over the Boston Celtics. So that's what he's hoping for. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping for out of the Linsanity this year. But it was a great story. It was a great it run. Was. And he's still one of the few Asian basketball, Asian American basketball players that has had a remarkable impact on the league. So we tip our hat to Jeremy we do. Lin for sure. We do. It was a thrilling month and ten days yes. that he put on. But it really was. It yeah, was. It, I mean, it was awesome. It was a lot a, it was of great crazy. YouTube yeah. videos came out of <laughs> yes. that. It was. He was an ESPN sensation for he sure. Was all over the news. He was like Aaron Judge, which that name will probably not matter in five years. But for now, he was like Aaron Judge. <laughs> Um, and that sensation that he was um, for a little bit. and yeah. um, Earned himself a movie with that yeah. little run there. And if you have yourself a Jeremy Lin poster at this point, save it. Yeah. It will be a collector's item in 15 to 20 years Keep from now. Keep that in mint condition. I for will sure. buy it from you once I have money. So, you want to move on? Yes. Now we will do a public service announcement for someone in the NBA who seems to be struggling. Yeah. Someone we're worried who, about this guy. Yeah, we're worried about this we guy. Somebody someone, step in. Yeah, someone who needs help, and we're here to provide that An help. angel, maybe. Yes. In the arms of the Have you heard of Nerlens Noel? He's a former center for the 76ers, was traded to the Mavericks. Born in just 1994, he is 23 years old. And he is dying for a new contract, folks. And without it, he may die and never play again. (laughs) For the price of just one Lamborghini a day, you can offer him a four-year, $60 million contract that he needs to go on. Please, please, don't let this restricted free agent go unsigned because he's so talented and he deserves the opportunity to make a chance in the NBA. That is the fast break public service announcement, and we hope you reach out to owners in the NBA to help him out. <laughs> and yes, that is our public service announcement for the day. Could not have said it any better. I, I you know, I really, I want to step in. I, I don't quite have the means to do so. We all need to step in. He's... What is he going to do without basketball? He, you know, he needs this. He you know needs what we this. can do for him? What, we can what, bring attention to this issue. Yeah, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing That's right exactly now. what we're doing. Yeah, we're bringing attention to the issue. And if any fans want to Venmo $5 to help Nerlens Noel, we would gladly take on this opportunity to help him out because he needs the money. He's, he's, he's struggling. <laughs> wow. That, oh, I'm crying actually a little bit. It, it's rough. It, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. We all we all remember looking at the commercials for the dogs. Yeah, and it really hits me just as hard now as it did then. Yeah. Shout out to Nerlens. Nerlens, we really well. hope he finds a home. Yeah, we really do. He need, he needs a home. He needs one. He does. From my understanding, the Mavericks have extended an offer to him. He does not like. He does not. He does not like it. But you know, so he's just kind of floating around. Yeah, he's floating for around. somebody to step we, in. We, we, you know, we've all had opportunities we didn't like, but. He's an NBA player. He shouldn't have to deal with something that he doesn't like. Uh-huh. That's should, right. He should be able to have the opportunity to pursue his dreams, as everyone in America gets to. <sighs> All right. We move on. Sure, I'm going to try to oh, – God, I need a second to kind of step back into my my radio persona. I'm a little bit thrown off by that. I'm just so touched. Uh, we want to do a little, little deep dive, hey? I'm going to talk about a yes. couple teams that so, were also – 
if not more so, equally concerned about. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a few. So we're gonna be doing. Hopefully, this is a recurring segment. We're gonna be doing a deep dive on two mm-hmm. teams every week. Kind of talk about what their goals are for the season, what we think that their kind of their ceiling is, what we think about what they should, what direction they should go in. Yeah, and, and the teams from here on out can really only get better. Yeah, these the first two teams are going to be. We're starting with teams that really we're don't have a lot of upside. At the bottom. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of there's still a lot of time before the season starts, and we're kind of trying to project what we think this team's goal is and what they're trying to find a direction in. So, with that said, we are starting with the Chicago Bulls. Some of you Bulls fans may be wondering, I have no idea what the fuck they're trying to do, and honestly, we have very little idea what the fuck they're trying to do also. Yeah. It's, uh, they are, I would say they're directionless. They're lost in the woods. They are searching for a direction. That's the same thing as directionless, but, uh, you know, it, it really, all those things describe what the Chicago Bulls are. Yeah, our thoughts and prayers go out to Chirac. Yes, for sure. And our, sure. uh. Our college analyst, based out of Phoenix, Arizona, who really are hurting right now. Yeah, it's it's hard. Everybody's falling. It's hard to be right a Bulls now. fan because, you know, they have Jimmy Butler. They field all of these offers that, apparently from reports, were much better offering multiple draft picks for Jimmy Butler, and they take the Chris Dunn, Zach Levine deal, and they give up one of their own draft picks in the 2017 draft, one of the most loaded drafts in the league, which just doesn't make sense. Jimmy Butler's a bona fide top 15 player. You you should get as much as you can. You don't need to give up your own first-round draft pick. But they did that, and right now they're looking at a roster of... And if you don't know who a lot of these players are, we understand. <laughs> it's okay. We, we don't either. We, we, we didn't know who a lot of these players are. We had to do some some research on them. Looking at a roster of, right now, 13 guaranteed players. Ryan Archidinacchio, former starting point guard for Villanova. And the best part about Ryan Archidinacchio is yeah, his name. Yeah. Yes, by far. Antonio Blakeney. Really... Still, I don't know. <laughs> we, I, I, got, we, I got nothing we, to add we, on we, these we guys. Got nothing. Yeah, right. Chris Dunn is the first player we come to where might have something off the team. Yeah, they, he's clearly a key piece for them. He was amazing in summer league his rookie year, mm-hmm. but in the NBA really struggled. So not really offering much. Yeah, I mean the Bulls Hope. must have seen something in him if they're willing no. to give up Jimmy yeah. Butler in exchange for Chris Dunn and Zach Levine. We hope. We hope. We hope. All right. He he had he had some flashes of brilliance over in uh, over in Minnesota, very very small, but really flashes. kind very of a long shot at this point. Yeah, uh, Cristiano Felicio signed to a four year thirty two million dollar deal, a foreign center from Brazil. Mm-hmm. He's he, he's average. He's, he's very he's very average. Five and a half points, five and a half boards. Very very average. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, and eight million dollars a year for that. Jerry and Grant. I made this mistake. He's not Jeremy Grant. He's, he's Jerry not. and Grant. He's Jeremy Grant's little brother. And Jeremy Grant really isn't that good. Played for the Sixers in the Thunder. Jerry and Grant is trying to make his way in the league. And, you know, he's a he's a bit role player at his best. Yeah, he's got some so, work to do. And he's placed more one-on-one with Jeremy. Yeah. So hoping, hoops. hoping for him to turn into... I really don't know what they're hoping for. It's, his it's, older it's, brother it's, at best, really. It, yeah, it's really going to be a rough season. And for even the Bulls. Jeremy is kind of a subplot role player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a lot of upside. moving on. Justin Holiday, another sibling. Yes, of a better player. <laughs> sibling of Drew Holiday, who got a max deal from the Pelicans. Yeah, and Justin is 
he's uh he's all right. He's uh yeah. you know, I'm I'm trying to give it from a Bulls fan's perspective. He is <laughs> You know, he's like he I don't wanted, even think they're hopeful. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't know why you're trying to give a hopeful <laughs> yeah, take on these guys. Yeah. He wanted you wanted an Xbox for Christmas, and you got a Wii, and that's mm. what <laughs> that's what Justin Holiday is. And you are just gonna sit there and be like, "Thanks, mom," and enjoy that Wii. But you know, you wanted an Xbox, so we'll continue yeah. on. I mean, for those out there who aren't Mario Party players, obviously, yeah, obviously, obviously, then you got to be happy. Right. You're pretty excited. All right, the big Kahuna in the deal, mm. Zach. Levine. Zach Levine. And he's going to be out for a while. He tore his ACL towards yeah. the end of last season. He's probably going to miss the beginning of training camp and maybe a few actual games, but should be back by the regular season yeah. at least late later on in November. So Yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine him coming in pretty early on the season. I think he'll miss a little bit of the season. I haven't checked his timeline exactly. But he tore his ACL pretty late in the season last year, which is about a nine-month recovery process at this point. Because we're getting really good at that. Yeah, it used to be it used to be like a year, year and a half. Yeah, yeah. We're and then good Adrian at that. Peterson turned superhuman and came back in five months and was like, "Yeah, I'm ready to go," and broke the NFL rushing record. So, um, I'm just, if I'm a Bulls fan, I'm really sad that we decided to place the hopes of our Jimmy Butler trade on a guy who's tore his ACL after Derrick Rose. Luckily, you're not a Bulls fan. Yeah, luckily I'm not a Bulls. It, se- it seems it seems kind of like why would you do that? After Derrick Rose went down after 20 CL, but you know, man can hope. And up next, we have Lori Markinen, just drafted this year. Yep, rookie draft pick out of Arizona. Great shooter, solid shooter, very lanky, very weak. He's what about seven foot, good shooter, white. Mm, that's about all the offers. Can try to can can attempt to defend. Considered by some one of the best shooters in this year, this year's draft. Yes, considered by some by one of the best shooters in this draft, but this was a very loaded draft, and they drafted him number seven overall. Uh-huh. There's guys who offered a little bit more or were actually better shooters like Malik Monk, and they decided to put their hopes in the Jimmy Butler trade on this guy. So. I mean, when one of the best shooters in the draft is seven feet tall, there's at least some upside there, something worth considering. But he can't play defense. Yeah, when you're seven foot and white, that is difficult. It's it's a little difficult. It's he's basically Ryan. Especially when you're seven foot he, white he, and a perimeter yeah. player. He's Ryan Anderson. I think I think that's his best player comp. He's Ryan Anderson at his best and not playable at his worst. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Another large white perimeter player, Nikola Miritich. Mir- Miritich. Miritich. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's offered. He's offered a little bit of upside. Um, he was good for them in flashes. Yeah, he was he, not he, a great he, beard. Yeah, yeah, he's he, <laughs> kind of a mediocre beard. Good and good in flashes. A little we'll scraggly. See, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what he offers for the coming season if they can re-sign him, but not much. And then the rest of their roster is pretty bare. Picked up a few players from the Thunder: Anthony Morrow and Cameron Payne. Uh, Cameron Payne, mostly known for his pregame dances with Russell Westbrook, which we'll all miss. But yeah. And other we have that, not really, yeah, not really a lot there. Yeah. Other than that, we have Bobby Portis and Denzel Valentine. Bobby Portis was a former first round draft pick that offered role player Taj Gibson upside, and Denzel Valentine, who offered backup point guard. Hopefully, he's Malcolm Brogdon, but he's actually not upside. So, yeah, really not really not much upside other than decent role players who can't start for a championship team. Is Denzel Valentine Valentine going to blossom anytime soon, or is he just kind of? We're, we're, what you're seeing right now is what you got. 
He's what you're seeing right now is what he's got. He was a senior when he left Michigan yeah. State. He was a stud. Stud, stud, yeah, stud at Michigan yeah. State. He's what he's he's gonna get better, but not much better. He's a backup point guard, a backup two guard, and Bobby Portis was kind of kind of the toast of the class when he came out. Hasn't really gotten much better. He's a backup forward. Yeah. And finally, the biggest name on their roster right now is Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. He's going to apparently negotiations are in discussion about him buying out so he would leave the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. His hometown city that he really didn't want to come back to, they just offered him a lot of money, and he was yes, like, yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah. And now they're stuck with that. Father Time is getting the best of Dwayne Wade. He's aging his elbow, his shoulder, his knee. They're all kind of wearing down on him, kind of looking at the kind of the closing of his career. Yeah, so he, I imagine he'll get bought out and probably try to sign with Cleveland or Houston if they get Carmelo Anthony as well to play with one of his boys. But mm-hmm. he's he's at the end of his career. Yeah. And then the last guy we got to mention is Rajon Rondo, who's on under contract, had a great year when he played on certain networks, but other than that, struggled as far as being a point guard of the Chicago Bulls and probably will struggle with Chris Dunn as their new their new guy, their new leader for the next upcoming season. Rajon Rondo? Rajon Rondo, yes. He's signed with the Pelicans. Did he? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about it, too. Oh, wow. All right. So yeah. Breaking news. Breaking news. Rajon Rondo is now... He's with the Pelicans. He's with uh, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins. That'll be kind of exciting, except the Pelicans have no team chemistry and two centers does not really make sense in the current NBA. There's at least a very faint... Faint flicker of hope in a Rajan Rondo signing that he might be able to bring that team together a little bit. I think I think there's potential there. He showed flashes of brilliance in Boston. Kind of died out. Did a few things for the Mavericks, Bulls, but really, he's he's definitely signed with the Pelicans. I promise you. I I, I will on air bet you money. Right, he's on the Pelicans roster right now. We are betting $5 that Rajon Rondo is on either the Bulls or the Pelicans. At drink, the end of the day, I drink at the bars tonight. How's that? Yeah, I drink at the bars. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because Rajon Rondo is, at this point in his career, a solid piece, but not the piece to a championship or the piece to the playoff. So it really wouldn't make sense with the Pelicans because they just signed Drew Holiday to a max contract. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. And now we're moving on to the Brooklyn Nets. I know yeah. you guys are excited. All you Brooklyn Nets fans. Which really, all, it's not getting any more exciting than it just yeah. was. All, all 15 of you, we're excited to really deep dive into this team for you guys. Yeah. The most exciting thing Brooklyn had going was that Jay-Z was a part owner, and I don't think he's even that anymore. He's, he's not. He, <laughs> Beyonce, though, he, he is sold. thinking about being a part owner of the Rockets. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, I don't know. Maybe, We'd love maybe, to see her sideline more often. Maybe the fast break joins in on his bid. We'll, we'll offer... We'll offer $300 and a free coupon to Golden Corral. If you guys need a little bit more, I don't know, persuading power, we'll, we'll, we'll offer $300 right now. And we will talk you up every show. Yeah, we'll talk you up every show. Which is huge yes. PR. Yes, this will be I the mean, most popular. Who pop- wouldn't sign that deal? This will be the most popular podcast on Apple Podcasts in with, within six months, I promise you. And yeah. 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 So if you guys want to let us in, we're in. We're in. We'd love to be partial point zero zero one owners of the Houston Rockets. Yeah, we're really diversifying our sponsors here. We're getting yeah, in with Beyonce, Domino's. I'd really like to sign a deal with Crown Royal Maple. Oh, yes, yeah. Crown Royal. Uh, you want to cheers? Official. Wanna, quick, quick cheers. 
official yeah. alcohol of the fast break. Yeah, it's Friday. Yes. It's Friday. It's Friday. And what says Friday? Like what? I mean, what says Friday more than Crown Royal Maple? I I really don't know. It's like I a do. like a brinner. Yeah, breakfast it, it, for dinner. It's it's what you need to start the day. Continue on the day and end the day of your Friday work day, and we understand that. We really so. need our Canadian friend Bilal to get in here and wrap the maple syrup whiskey. Yeah. I feel like that would be more yeah. convincing. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we will continue with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Their draft pick situation is dire. They're, I mean, what's not dire yeah. for the Brooklyn their Nets? Their cap space situation is dire. So, right now, they're looking at – they're getting Toronto's lottery-protected first-round pick, which – in the week in Eastern Conference, they will get a pick in probably 15 through 20, probably later than that, like 20 through 30. So we'll give them that. Mm. They're sending their own second-round pick to Philadelphia or Charlotte. They're getting the Heats, the Indiana Pacers second-round pick. They also have either L.A. or Charlotte's second-round pick, whichever is the worst of those two. And they're sending their own, own first-round pick to Boston, so they can't even tank very well. Which is really just devastating for a team like Brooklyn. Yeah, what they're looking at right now is hoping to trade for cap space, young talent, trade for cap space, and get young talent from those trades, which they did when they acquired D'Angelo Russell Uh and also acquired Timothy Mozgov's terrible contract that the Lakers, for some stupid reason, signed. D'Angelo Russell has some promise. He could he could blossom over there. Yeah, he can blossom. He'll definitely get some more minutes, get the ball in his hand a little bit more. He could be somebody like... A James Harden who's playing yeah. a smaller role and coming into a larger role, he might really find his own. Yeah, we don't want to read you this roster because it's pretty it bare. Pretty bare with names you understand. Quincy Ac has a good beard. Qu- <laughs> He's got. A good he, beard. Has, he has a really good beard yeah. coming out of Baylor. Um, basically, what you're going to be looking for is hopes that this team can basically win 35 games and not give the Boston Celtics the top three picks in the draft. That's yeah. what you're hoping for. And they have. They have a lot of names you may know, as you mentioned earlier, Jeremy Lin. Our good friend. Our good friend, Jeremy Lin. Yeah. They have D'Angelo Russell, the as we mentioned. Stanford of the East, yes. I think is what they say. That's that's exactly what they say, because they want to be Stanford. Uh-huh. Um, Damari Carroll, Alan Crabb, a lot of veterans who got paid a lot of money that shouldn't have got paid that much, and mm-hmm. that's what their team is made of. So Yeah, they're harboring a few kind of unsightly contracts right now. Yeah, and which that, which kind of makes, makes sense. It, it makes when they expire, they'll have a lot of room for something. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes sense. I'm not sure a lot of people want to go to Brooklyn to make their careers, but I think it's going to take a while because their previous GM, Billy King, was so terrible, just so fucking terrible, that he sold the future for any prospects of a possible championship hope with 36 year old Kevin Garnett, 36 year old Ray Allen, and. Or not Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, and basically that's it. They had Joe Johnson for a and while. They had Joe Johnson, just... Darren Williams. It, it, it was it was it was a bad it was a bad trade at the time that turned into the most horrific trade in NBA history when you look at it five years down the line. So it was unsightly. Yes, yes it was bad at the time, but it turned into historically bad three or four years down the line. Uh-huh. So it's it, it's rough, and the Nets don't have. A lot of hope, and I hope they don't have a lot of fans at this point, but <laughs> they we'll, really, we'll see. We'll see. Man, they needed—so Jay-Z, I, I mentioned, was formerly a part owner. I don't think he is anymore. Which he's not. Is he's really, not. He sold a stake, yeah. Which was smart of him. Yeah, But also smart. really unfortunate for the Nets because Jay-Z represents several NBA players. He represents Kevin Durant. He represents actually kind of a wide range of players uh, yeah. across a few different major leagues. He does. 
Um, and their best bet was to keep him involved in what was going on in Brooklyn and try to get somebody that he represents. Yeah, I just, I just don't think uh, NBA player is going to choose his lifestyle based on what Jay-Z says. As cool as Jay-Z is. Well, I one, Maybe one, I think yeah. more highly of Jay-Z than you do. No, I think very highly of Jay-Z. I just don't think an NBA player is going to choose whatever Jay-Z thinks about when he has the options of making multi-million dollars everywhere. And those are the guys Jay-Z was representing. I will say there's a lot of there's a good amount of upside in Karis Levert draft pick this year. Yeah, Sean, Sean Kilpatrick draft pick last year and Rondé Hollis Jefferson draft pick two years ago. Those are guys that could be solid role players on an NBA championship team. Yeah, but as far as this upcoming season, Brooklyn Nets fans, you might want to get the NBA.com package, whatever it is, so you can watch other basketball games other than Brooklyn Nets games because they are going to be rough and there are going to be a lot of loss, a lot of losses involved in those. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of good names, as we mentioned earlier, with Ryan Archidachukono. I don't know. I, I'm not even going to attempt to recover from that. Ryan A. Ryan A. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a few good names on this one. Spencer Dinwiddie. Like that. Kind of rolls okay, off the okay. tongue well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure we're not going to get to say that much because he won't touch the floor. I'd buy but... that jersey. <laughs> I would buy the jersey I for mean, sure. Who wouldn't want Dinwiddie on their back? That is 100% true. Uh-huh. And uh, Yakuba... Owatara. Nice. Love it. Nice. Yeah. All right. So Really the most promising pieces of that team at the moment. Yeah. So I feel like we have to talk about Cleveland and Kyrie Irving. We do. We do. We, do. we have to. So wow. it's it's we've gone on a lot of kind of a lot of rants, but we're gonna bring it back. This is the most important situation in the NBA, I believe, right now, because yeah. it can determine who becomes a pretender and who becomes an actual contender. So, yeah. So, if you don't mind, I'll walk yeah. through that a little bit. Yeah, walk us through. Uh, I'm just, gosh, I'm excited to not be talking about the Nets or the Bulls anymore. Kyrie, a few weeks ago, put out that he wants, put out in public at least, it may have been known within Cleveland ownership prior to that, but he put out a request to be traded. And his list of desired destinations included the Spurs, the Knicks, the Heat, and the Timberwolves, which, that's mine, which, none of which really make that much sense to me. I'm, I'm a little bit dumbfounded by that request. I mean, there are some teams in the league that do make sense for uh, a valid and like mutually beneficial exchange, but not really with any of those. Yeah, Kyrie, when he made this list, was not looking at what teams could actually make sense for the Cavs to trade him to. He was looking at what teams he really wants to go to. Yeah. And that makes sense. I, if I was in his position, I'd be like, all right, I want to be traded, and I want to be traded to these teams. He's not going to demand a team that he doesn't actually want to go to. That doesn't make sense. Well, it seems like his first priority is to just be the centerpiece. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I did. That's what I took offense with, is that he decided he he said in his statement that he wanted to be the centerpiece of a team. He wouldn't be the centerpiece of the Spurs. He wouldn't be the centerpiece of the Knicks. Well, he wouldn't be the centerpiece of the Timberwolves. The only team he'd be the centerpiece of is the Heat. And that's the only team that really made sense based on the criteria that he stated was the reason he wanted to be traded. But back when Dion Waiters was on the Cavaliers playing with Kyrie Irving in his younger years, he hated playing with Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters wanted shots. Kyrie Irving wanted shots, and they just they didn't get along well as far as court chemistry goes. Yeah. Dion Waiters has matured. I understand he he's, we probably talked with Dion Waiters. They're probably boys, 
or at least they are. But, yeah. They they at least talk with each other. So he probably talked with Dion Waiters. But if you look at the teams he stated, Kawhi Leonard is the centerpiece of the Spurs, at least on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can make a statement that off court Kyrie all, all, would be the center. Off court yeah. Kyrie Irving would be the most marketable player, but that's mm-hmm. that didn't seem like what Kyrie was going for. The Timberwolves they have Jimmy Butler. They have Carl Anthony Towns. They have Andrew Wiggins. He's not the centerpiece in any seem in any possible scenario that you put him on the Timberwolves. No. And in the Knicks, Kristaps Porzingis is the man. He's 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 the guy in New York. Yeah. As far as basketball goes, so that one makes a little bit more sense. That, that to one me. makes a little bit more sense because apparently he grew up. He grew up in New York. There. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with Carmelo as a trade piece, there's at least potential yeah. to work something out. Yeah, but he wouldn't. He still he wouldn't be the centerpiece in New York. He may be the most exciting player, but Chris Asperzingis is a generational talent. Yeah, and Kyrie Irving has shown that he can't. But on his own, he can't take a team. But Kristaps isn't such a threat to Kyrie that he that, that LeBron James not on the level of LeBron James being a threat to his like centerpiece. Obviously, no no one is on the level of LeBron James being the centerpiece. No. I yeah. mean, as we mentioned in our last show, yes. we need a LeBron James baseline stat where everybody else is negative. Yeah. Oh, and if we want to plug this, the LeBron James. Free throw controversy oh, of the year. My, if, would you like? To, would you please like to explain? Yeah, it? Yes, I, I would. Please. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I I peaked as an analyst in this moment. LeBron James is, especially in the last couple of years, has struggled with free throw percentage, and it has become apparent through apparent, apparent through several yes. YouTube videos, ESPN features, Facebook videos. He doesn't have a consistent free throw routine, which is kind of a uh, anybody who's a, a really High level free throw shooter has that. That's that's a routine For thing sure. that like golfers yes. are very familiar with. Yep. That when you need to report, re- perform, sorry, uh, consistently, you have a routine. That's just how it goes. Yes, LeBron James is known for not having one. So the theory is, as he is also known for, to an unknown extent, coaching and or managing the franchise that is Cleveland Cavaliers. Maybe he's sending messages to Tyron Lue through the variance of his free throw routine. I think this makes sense. Baseball managers oh, have yeah. a million different signals for whatever they want to do mm-hmm. on the on the diamond. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, it is the only explanation for why LeBron James, the best basketball player in the world, doesn't have a consistent free throw routine. Mm-hmm. He is sending submissive messages to the mm-hmm. coach, whoever that coach says he is. Um. To make sure that he gets what he wants yeah. on the court at all times. Variance in the number of dribbles he takes, whether he spins the ball on his hand, how his feet are set, all these things. It just makes sense. What's the any any combination of three things is what, like three raised to the power of three? Or they're like nine yeah. or sorry, three squared. Yeah. Like nine different options. Yes. There are yeah. only thirteen players on a roster, twelve players on a roster. Yeah, five players on the court. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's a pretty It makes sense. Good number of combinations there. All right. So could be something to it. It, it. There's a lot to it, and I think we'll figure it out as the year continues, or in, at the end of LeBron's career, or Tyron Lue's career as a mm-hmm. coach, or David Blatt's mm-hmm. career. Someone will let us know what this situation is. We're putting our money down on this theory right now. Yep. 2017. That LeBron is sending secret messages through his free throw routine. My bets on Ty Lue. He's going to run out of money at some point. It's going to be gambled away in a post-LeBron depression. Mm-hmm. And he's going to need some money. He's going to post this these secrets. For sure. or, or LeBron's going to pay him out, and it's going to stay secret forever. All right. All right. Moving back to the issue at hand. Kyrie gonna, Irving. Yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. Irving. Kyrie Irving is a problem right now. Well, depends yeah. on how you want to look at it. Yeah, it's not a problem. His teams didn't make sense. 
and his list really doesn't matter because the cat he doesn't have a no trade clause. His, yep. The Cavs have all the control in this situation. Yep. So what we really need to look at is where can he actually go that makes sense for both the Cavs and kind of Kyrie. I don't think his I don't think his opinion really matters. I don't think they care if he want if he hates the yeah. management so bad that he'd rather just blow up any opportunity for a covert trade and just tell them that I hate you so much. Yeah. He needs to be out of there. I think it's all what the Cavs can get. And those are the only teams that will really make sense for the Cavs to trade him to. So my opinion right now is that he will probably end up staying in Cleveland, which proposes, sorry, uh, brings up the problem of them having to recover from this kind of chemistry break. And Kyrie wanting out and them having to remedy that request. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I had that same opinion a few weeks ago. The only thing I've heard is that Kyrie's just, basically trash talking everyone in the organization behind their backs and that's going to be hard to it, it's hard to come back from that it's, it is. it's it's hard when you hear your best friend say something terrible about you behind your back to someone else it's hard to be like hey yo man let's cut the beef let's just get back together let's hang out like we used to it's not going to be that easy and this is an 82 game season yep. where you spend 75 percent of your time with your teammates it's hard to really just act like that didn't happen so I it's mean, a very it's a very toxic situation for yeah. sure. I mean, this will make the finals, but yeah, LeBron James, LeBron James is a guaranteed finals bid. If anybody wants to argue that, please email the show, whatever you want to do. But it's it's not an argument. LeBron James is a guaranteed finals bid. So before we get to what I've put together as what we've put together as potentially viable trades for Kyrie, Lil Dicky has come out and he and Kevin Durant got in a little bit of a Twitter debate about whether or not. You should keep Kyrie and trade LeBron instead. We just kind of – you mentioned there for a second that LeBron is an automatic finals bid, which I am actually like 100% on board with. Wherever he goes, you're – well, except for in the West. Except for in the West. As yeah. long as he stays in the East, wherever he goes, he can put everybody else on his back and carry them to the finals. Yeah. All right. I'm about to go on a Stephen A. Smith-esque rant right now, but – Yell it up. The problem with trading LeBron James – is that you're not making the finals in Cleveland without LeBron James. Yep. LeBron James is the only player in NBA history that can take you to the NBA finals in Cleveland. You can't <laughs> trade him away for whatever rookie assets that you're going to get from him. You can get the entire F- Phoenix Suns roster and you're not going to be better than what you have with LeBron James. It's just, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense with what you have, you have a single-year opportunity with the reports that LeBron James is going to Los Angeles in the future. You have a single-year opportunity to try to make the finals one more time and win yourself another championship, which the Indians can't do, the Browns can't do. You have this one opportunity as the Cleveland owner, Dan Gilbert, to get yourself one more championship opportunity before the best player in NBA history since, Le- since Michael Jordan leaves. Mm-hmm. You have to take it. You can't trade LeBron James. This is the last time you'll be able to legitimately consider yourself as an NBA Finals favorite. I don't know, for the next 30 years? And the Kevin next 20 Durant, years, yeah. Kevin Durant agrees with you. He publicly stuck his neck out in this debate against Lil Dicky, uh, saying, you know, LeBron is Cleveland. You don't, you don't trade a legend, which is real recognizing real, which yeah. is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it just doesn't make sense. As the thing is, as much as it makes sense from a business standpoint, does it? Ky- Kyrie wants to leave. 
because he doesn't want to be with LeBron. That's what he says. LeBron is reportedly going definitively to L.A. next year. That makes so you it in a basketball sense you trade LeBron James, get as much assets as you can, and try to build your team up. But it's just such a hard situation because LeBron James is the definitive birth to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. It's hard to trade that away. Mm-hmm. It really it's it's nearly it's unfathomable to trade that away in the middle of the season. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It really it really just doesn't. And that's what's so hard about being Kobe Altman right now in Cleveland. You either trade Kyrie away and hopefully you you split you're trying to split your return in half guys that can help you right now and half guys that can help you build a team later. Or you trade LeBron James and get guys that can help you in the future. But none of those equal a championship. You have to you have to choose one or the other. And if you trade Kyrie Irving, you're either going for the championship in the future or the championship now, and it leaves you bereft of an opportunity in one of those two spans. It's 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 a terrible situation to be in. If I was the GM, I would say, please, LeBron and Kyrie, work this out. Let's go to one more NBA Finals. See if you guys can figure it out. See if you and Tyron Lue and Kevin Love can figure out a way to win the championship. But it's hard. It's 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 hard to beat an unbelievable team with no team chemistry. And and at the end of the day, there's there's a no win situation for Cleveland right now. Being the Cleveland GM sucks right now, even though you have LeBron James, because you know LeBron James is leaving next year. You know Kyrie wants to leave right now, and you have no perfect option because their timelines just don't make sense. Yeah, and I know how much you absolutely adore Lil Dicky, so I, I, I really I took that opinion to heart. I'm sure that hurt a little bit to put out there. Shout out to Lil Dicky if you want to give us some free tickets to Fast Break. We're, we're willing to accept we'd your free tickets. You we'd, love, you are, we'd love to have you on. You're the analyst. Yes, you're an amazing basketball fan. We'd love to have you on. We'll have a good time for sure. I will say I disagree with you in this moment as well. I don't think you trade LeBron James. Even, I mean, like, it really, when you're playing the Warriors in the finals, even with LeBron James, your best bet at getting a title, even with, I mean, with... It's insane because even with LeBron James on your team, your best bet at getting a trophy is somebody on the Warriors getting hurt. One of their best four players. And even then, it's not a guaranteed win. And the thing I will say to that is that with LeBron James, your worst bet is making it to the NBA, making it to the Eastern Conference Finals and suffering a tough loss in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's a lot of money. That's hard to turn down. I don't care if you're getting the best prospects from Phoenix or the best draft assets in the future from Boston. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not LeBron James. LeBron James is money in the bank. You can cash that check immediately. You're going to at least the Eastern conference finals and you can't get, you can't get the return that you need for LeBron James. So quick hypothetical. Let's say Cleveland trades LeBron James for Devin Booker and Josh Jackson straight up. I still, I, I still, I take the Suns in that. Cleveland lost in that trade. Yeah. What are, we, what are we? We're looking at Kyrie Irving, one of the best young players yeah. in the league. Yeah. We're looking at Kyrie Massive Irving, upside. Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, Kevin Love, and Ty- Tristan Thompson as your starting five. That'll make the Eastern Conference playoffs. That's not getting you anywhere near the finals. Yeah, and that's one of the best young yeah. prospects in the league. Yeah, Ky- and and a promising pick. Yeah. yeah, and if you get a promising pick, 
I don't, I don't, Phoenix doesn't make that trade because Phoenix doesn't have the roster to make it in the Western Conference Finals right now. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to do a tango. It's hard. It's hard to do a tango. You need two willing partners and two actually competent partners, and yeah. there, there aren't two competent partners for a LeBron James trade right now. There are not many trades in the NBA that are even conceivable that would be a fair trade for LeBron James. All right, so really, the only way to get him is to sign him in the offseason because yeah. nobody's gonna offer up what it would take. All right, so but let's talk about some actual realistic trades again, that you came up with. Again, sorry, back to the issue at hand. We're gonna take a look at what we think might actually be viable trades for Kyrie Irving, who is 25. She had four or five good seasons at this point. A couple Cons- without consecutively, LeBron. yeah, no injuries. Consecutively, yeah, very very few injuries for sure. Very few, yeah. He yeah. was out for a little bit. Ankle, right? It's not serious. Small yeah. stuff. Yeah, small, small stuff. stuff. Yeah. So he's had four or five good seasons at this point. He's been an all-star two, three times. He's shown that he can do it without LeBron, and he's shown that he can really do it with LeBron. He's shown that he can put up stats without LeBron, not win games without LeBron. Either way. It's, it's different. It's either different, way, yeah. quite an asset. Still young, a lot of right. career left. So... He's worth a lot if we if we if we put together some trades for him is, is really what I'm getting at for sure for so sure. So we've got four trades here I want to talk about. The first one is with the Jazz. Lay it on me. Uh huh. So the Jazz just lost their best player in Gordon Hayward. Went over to the Celtics. Free agent, so nothing in return, except for cap space, of course. Um, but they did sign Ricky Rubio, which makes for an interesting offer in that they could. Theoretically, go Kyrie and, say, Tristan Thompson for Ricky Rubio and Rudy Gobert. Who says no? This is hard. This is hard. I've th- it is I've, hard. I've, I've, I've thought Which about it. Which makes it a good prospect. Yeah, I, I've, I've thought about it. The thing is, none of them, neither of these deals gets them much closer to an NBA championship. Who? Cleveland? Cleveland or the Jazz. I believe that Ricky... Ricky Rubio is a very subpar replacement for Kyrie Irving. Yes. He gives you zero of the offensive ability, a little bit better defensive ability, but you need that offense. LeBron can't score 70 points a game, and Kyrie averaged 30 in the finals. I th- I think Cleveland says no. For sure. I think Cleveland definitely says no, and I think the Jazz, while they would love this trade, are sad that they're going to lose Rudy Gobert. He's a, he's a staple of their team, so... Cleveland definitely says no, and the Jazz think about it a little bit and then say no. Then they shut the door. Fascinating. Because my initial take was that it was the Jazz that would say no. I think that Ricky Rubio comes over and he's a much better distributor than Kyrie Irving. So you you get the opportunity to change the dynamic there. So you clear some cap space also. You clear cast clear, space clear, some, clear some cap space for sure. So you sign Ricky Rubio and Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, I believe, is still on a fairly low level contract. Am I wrong? You're right. Okay. So you got a lot of money now. You buy somebody. You buy, I don't know, New Orleans is out there. Not any particularly direct impact on their roster right now as it stands, or as it would in this hypothetical situation. But l- l- let me let me slow you down right there. The sure. Cavs are already twenty million dollars over the Luxury cap. So clearing up a little bit of cap space is not going to get them a free agent that they could sign. It's just going to lower their luxury tax bill. 
Okay. Se- second off, Rudy Gobert, while he gives you a better defender mm-hmm. in, in a developing all, in, offensive player, also yeah, he's putting that together. He's he's trying. He's trying. Yeah, yeah he's working. While, on while, it. while it does give you something for the next season with LeBron James, it doesn't give you what you need to beat the Warriors. It replaces Tristan Thompson and betters Tristan Thompson, but it doesn't better what Kyrie Irving was giving you. Yeah. And right You're now, trading you, strengths yeah. for sure. And right now, you know LeBron James is leaving. You you know that for a fact. LeBron James is going to LA next year. I'm not willing to subscribe to that yet. You're not I, willing. I mean, I've heard the theories. Like, believe me, but it's, I'm not willing to buy in yet. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you're Cleveland, you have to have a plan for when LeBron James leaves. And when LeBron James leaves, right now, this leaves you with Tristan Thompson. I mean, not this leaves you with Kevin Love and Rudy Gobert and Ricky Rubio. And while that's a playoff team in the East, that team offers very little upside for Eastern Conference Finals or definitely not NBA Finals. It's it's not giving you enough in the future to offer you an opportunity, and it's not giving you enough now to make you think that you can win the NBA Finals. Okay. Okay. That, that's my that's okay. my that's my opinion. I believe that Ricky Rubio is a solid player. I think Rudy Gobert is is a talent that really needs to be appreciated. But his upgrade over Tristan Thompson is not as much as the downgrade from Kyrie Irving to, Kev- to Ricky Rubio, for sure. Okay. I will move on. Right. I also want to say, though, that if I were either of those teams and that trade was presented, I would have a much harder time saying no than I think that you did. I do, though, agree that both would end up saying no. Which is interesting, since you just made your case for the Cavs being severely unhappy in the long run. But we'll move on. I like the trade, but we'll move on. The Knicks, the one team on Kyrie's list that actually kind of makes sense. Yes, for sure. I think that the Knicks could put together a trade, especially since LeBron and Carmelo are buddy-buddy, and LeBron semi-runs their franchise. Mm-hmm. I think that they could put something together that works. I think if you went Kyrie for maybe maybe include a, include a second-round pick. If you went Kyrie for Mello and their pick this year, Frank Ntlinka. Nicotine. Nicotine. It's, yeah. it's, just, not, it's just not nicotine. It's, it's just not pronounceable. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> yeah. Frank Nicotine. Frank, Frankie N. Frankie N. Let's go with Frankie N. Let's do that. Let's not butcher yeah. it. We'll just abbreviate it. All right. So you're just. What do you, what do you think about that? You're saying offering Kyrie and a second round pick, the Cavs second round pick for Carmelo and Frankie N. Yes. Either just Kyrie or Kyrie and a second round. Yeah. I don't think it's worth Kyrie and a first round. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. The one thing I will say about this trade, this proposed trade, is that. I don't think the Cavs are getting enough for Kyrie Irving. I think Frankie N is a solid prospective point guard. And Carmelo Anthony, while he's a great scorer, it's hard to work in Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson in the same rotation. It's hard to work them in the lineup. You've got to work one of them to the bench. Mm-hmm. And when you work, when you look at those lineups as they make sense, you're starting... Basically, Jose Calderon, mm-hmm. 
Kyle Korver and Amon Shumpert or J.R. Smith, LeBron James, and then you're working Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love as your starting lineup, and then you're working Carmelo Anthony into the bench. Don't and forget that's about Derrick Rose. That's rough. <laughs> no, I, forgot, I forgot about Derrick Rose. Yes, yeah. of course. Which, not to digress, but is another reason I found the Jazz trade so intriguing. Yeah. As you I, can I, alternate between a Derrick Rose yeah, and Ricky Rubio, who are distinctly different players, yeah, I, but both offer quite I'm, a bit I, to the team. I'm not a Derrick Rose believer. I, I, I apologize. Uh, yeah, uh, that, 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 yeah. But I, I think when you look at those, when you look at those options, you're basically getting one really good bench player. Because Kevin Love or Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench is a really good six-man player. But Kyrie Irving averaged 30 points in the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I believe I believe Kevin I believe Carmelo Anthony could average thirty points in the finals. I believe that. I believe Kevin Love could be a really solid. We've already seen Kevin Love can be a really solid contributor in the finals. Can be. Can can can, can be. be. Yeah. But he's not. They're not going to get enough playing time. They can't play enough defense. Yep. And that's what that's what hurts me for this one. I think you need to get a little bit more. You need to either get a guard that can contribute right now in the finals. Because I believe. Frankie N is a really good future asset to have. Yeah. I believe that's a great part of the trade. That's but the fulfilled. Cavs don't have the luxury of looking into the long term. Yeah, with LeBron because, on only one more year of a, of a contract. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron's one more year guaranteed. And then you have the off-season free agency in which there's a lot of rumors what LeBron wants to do in the free agency. But you, you, need, you need to know LeBron is going to be there. That's the thing. They don't know, they don't know LeBron's going to be there, and LeBron is not making a statement. And the thing is, even if I know LeBron is leaving next year, even if I'm 100% sure, what does that put me? As a Cavs GM, where does, that, where does that put me? I have to, I really, the best situation is for me to wait out this year, see where we go, and then let LeBron walk, which is rough. It's rough. Yeah. yeah. And the team chemistry doesn't seem to be there to let that happen. Hey, fair enough. I think those are all good points. Yeah. Uh, which leads me to my next trade offer. All right. All right. My next uh, hypothetical potential perspective trade. Trade of the Clippers, I think, could be kind of interesting. Okay. okay. You go Kyrie and Tristan Thompson for DeAndre Jordan and Patrick Beverly. This puts the Cleveland Cavaliers in a very different position, more defensively elite, slightly more not from a guard perspective, but uh, a little bit more rounded offensively, maybe, where they don't have a center score. They don't have somebody who is a, a post threat. Yep. DeAndre Jordan is definitely a better rebounder than Tristan Thompson, although Tristan Thompson is an elite rebounder. So they add that to their arsenal. And they add a very elite defensive guard yeah. who well, can shoot. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Beverly has had a lot of. So I'm throwing all these out there because no. I don't want you to write it off right away. No, no, no. I think this is interesting. This yeah. is my favorite trade. Okay, good. I, yeah. Patrick Beverly has had a lot of experience guarding Stephen Curry, uh-huh. uh, being on the Rockets. And the thing is that I, I like this trade. I like this trade from a now perspective, uh-huh. from a we need to win now. Uh-huh. Tristan Thompson, great defender, not on the same level as DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre, oh. DeAndre Jordan is a great defender. An excellent finisher. LeBron James throwing lob passes to DeAndre Jordan would be amazing to see. Patrick Beverly, solid defensive point guard, doesn't offer as much offensively. Mm. But I if, mean, nowhere yeah, near yeah, as much yeah, offensively. Yeah, no, but, no, 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 nowhere near. But right. watching, watching Patrick Beverly, Imam Shumpert, 
LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and DeAndre Jordan try to defend the Warriors would be awesome. You got to leave Kyrie Irving behind. He's gone now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I didn't mean Kevin Kyrie Love. Yeah, Kevin Love. Kevin Love, for sure. Well, that would be awesome. I still don't think they hold them below 100, 105 points. And I don't think this offensive lineup with Patrick Beverly and with DeAndre Jordan is going to put up more than 105 points. So I think this conversation goes very differently in a league where there aren't the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so, it, yeah, yes, but th- that's not the, that's not the situation yeah. of the league right now. That's not, that's not what we're looking yeah. at. Ultimately, every conversation comes down to whether or not in the finals the Cleveland Cavaliers can overcome the Golden State Warriors, yeah. which in I don't I maybe all scenarios isn't likely. No, no, but the the scenarios you're putting at me are now moves. The scenario you're yeah. putting at me are, we need to beat the Golden State Warriors now. Yeah, and you're, I you, think that's an interesting one for, yeah. for now. Yeah. The thing, it's a very the, different take, the, the, a very different no, approach. I, the thing I like about this trade is that I love it for the Clippers. The Clippers now yeah. have Kyrie Irving and Blake Griffin together. And while they're not going to be the most defensive stalwart in the West, that's an absurd idea to have putting up, trying to put up points in the West. So you think the Cavs are the ones that say no? I, I no, yeah, I think the Cavs are the ones that say no in this scenario, hmm. because while I love DeAndre Jordan, I don't think Patrick Beverly gives them enough offensively or in the future. The so you thing, think it's just futile to take the approach of trying to slow down the Warriors? You have to try to outshoot them. No, I think I think that's part of it. But the other part of it is that Kyrie Irving offers future upside. Yeah, Patrick Beverly's not offering future upside. DeAndre Jordan is offering I mean, very similar. Cavs can't really look at future upside right now. They they, they can they can. That's that's I part. Mean, that's a part of being the GM. You have to look at the future upside and the present upside. You, you have you have to look at tough. all the angles. It's it's that's why this is such a tough situation. Yeah. If you knew LeBron James is leaving next year, I would be like, all right, Kyrie and LeBron, you're figuring this out. And LeBron leaves next year, and I have Kyrie Irving. I have I have a top ten, top five guard scoring guard and I have Kevin Love with me next year for sure. Mm-hmm. But you don't know you don't know LeBron is leaving and even even if you knew that it's physically impossible to justify a trade with LeBron where you get equivalent returns on the trade. Mm-hmm. Like we looked at we looked at the Jimmy Butler trade and the Paul George trade and we're like that's ridiculous. And they're not LeBron James. You're not going to get equivalent return for a LeBron James type trade. Yeah. It, it, it's hard. It's really, really hard as a GM to try to work the situation out. Yeah. Dan Gilbert may have made some mistakes in the last couple of years, but he is in a difficult place right now. I it, it, it's would the, not want to be him. It's the hardest situation, I think, to be in because you, you, you know there's no possible way you can get equivalent returns for LeBron James. Yeah. There's a possible way you can get equivalent returns for Kyrie Irving. But when you split those returns between thinking about now and thinking about later, you're not going to get what you need. Yeah. If you if you were to trade with a team like the Suns, you could get Eric Bledsoe and Josh Jackson. But but no but no but when you, which is which is we're going to talk about that in a second. No no but when you think about that, you're trading half now and half later. You're not getting all yeah. the value you want for Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Because when you split it in half, Josh Jackson is not taking you to the NBA Finals anytime soon. Yeah. And Eric Bledsoe, you wasted a huge piece of that trade on Eric fucking Bledsoe. Yeah. And uh, while he helps you now, he's not helping you in the future. Yeah. The uh, 
the Cavaliers, Dan Gilbert especially, is in a lose-lose situation. Who's their new GM? Dan. Oh, sorry. Um, I, I, Kobe Altman. Kobe Altman. Okay. Kobe Altman, yeah. So those two fine gentlemen are really in a tough spot. It's Because it's, you're it's, right. You're right. You are in a position where Kyrie wants to leave now. Yeah. LeBron will potentially leave in a year. But you need to appease both, if not only one of those players, and your fan base. For sure. You have potential this year with LeBron guaranteed, in theory, to another year in Cleveland. But if you sell out everything else on your roster for one more year with LeBron, you might get a trophy, maybe, tough, because the league's, well, the... Eastern Conference is bound to face its most difficult opponent, one of its most difficult opponents in history, and one of the most elite teams also in in history in the Golden State Warriors. So you're in a really hard spot in that you want to make a move now because you have LeBron, but you can't really make a move now because you're going to play the Warriors anyway. Yeah, it's a terrible situation. The best best value for Kyrie Irving would be selling out for the future or selling out for now. And the problem with selling out for now is that LeBron has basically left all the signs that he's leaving. Yeah. So you'd either sell out for the future and know you're not going to win the finals. Just know you're not going to win the finals. And that's 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 a rough situation to be in. And it would piss LeBron off too. LeBron LeBron wants to have the opportunity to win a championship. Yeah. Do you want to wanna take a drink for Dan Gilbert right now? I would take a drink for Dan Gilbert. You want to? Well, I'll give you the bottle. We, 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 we've got we've to get off soon. I'm, uh, we're drinking for Dan Gilbert because yeah, yeah. that is that is tough. We got one more trade to propose, but even that is futile given the situation we just kind of explained. Yeah, we we are we we basically discussed this trade. Yeah, um, and Newman just he he just alluded to this trade, but the last team I've got on my list that kind of makes sense is with the Suns. Suns have a lot of young talent, which, as you mentioned, is kind of a double-edged sword. In that it offers potential for the future, but what future is there without LeBron James? Not much of one, right? Yep, it's not much of one. You don't want you don't want to split your returns between now and the future. Yeah, when you so, know LeBron leaves in one year. In which case, I've got two potential trades right now with the Suns. So either you go Kyrie and potentially a pick, depending on how the Suns are feeling, for Eric Bledsoe and Marquise Chris. Marquise Chris is young, but not a rookie. He's, so ter- he's, got- he's terrible. He's I don't I don't trust Marquise Chris. There, I you know, uh, he's young. He's I'll, young. I'll he's respect young. the opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah, he's got yeah. some potential. He yeah, can, he's got he some, can he's contribute. Got some potential. Yeah, especially when somebody like LeBron James or any your team, he can bring out the best in most any tool that he's given. For sure, for sure. Let, let's continue. Yeah. So you're given the option of Kyrie plus, sorry, Kyrie in exchange for. Eric Bledsoe plus Marquise Chris is a more now move than what I'll uh, yep. bring to the table in just a second here. Okay, and the other one, the other opportunity is Josh Jackson and a pick first round for Kyrie Irving. Is I'm assuming that's the Heat's unprotected 2021 pick, 2021 pick. Or I don't I don't mean to bring a third, but yeah. or Josh Jackson and Eric Bledsoe. For Kyrie Irving now, yeah, I think which of the first of all, which of the three do you want to explore as the most viable? Uh, it's definitely Eric Bledsoe and Josh Jackson. And if I was 
the Cavs, I would also fight for a pick from Phoenix. So you think even with Eric Bledsoe and Josh Jackson, it's unfair? Yeah, it's definitely unfair for Phoenix, for sure. Okay. I definitely, if I was Cleveland, I'd fight for a pick. But so Kyrie straight up, Eric Bledsoe, Josh Jackson, let's just run after that. Yeah, let's go after that um, since we're running low on time. Mm. Um, we, I think if we, when we look at this, it's, it's, the, it's one of the best scenarios that Cleveland's going to get. They get a now move. They get Josh Jackson, who's a primo yeah. um, prospect, hopefully can turn mm-hmm. into a superstar in the NBA, and they get a pick from Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and I think this is, if they are hell-bent on getting rid of Kyrie, this is the best move they're going to get. And, and the best bet for keeping LeBron in Cleveland. Yeah, I, I just don't think there's... Yeah, yeah, the best bet for keeping LeBron in Cleveland. Josh Jackson, while he's a small forward, he can also play the two. He could also move down to the four. I think LeBron might move down to the four in his in future um, years. Mm-hmm. It's the best bet for keeping LeBron in Cleveland. Um, getting the pick out of it is also the Heat pick, um, which they acquired in the Goran Dragic trade, which would also be really nice. And I think this is the best trade. I still don't think you're getting enough value for Kyrie because you're splitting your value for Kyrie between now and later. Eric Bledsoe is a two, two-year two move. LeBron James might be leaving in a year. Yeah. Um, in a in a lose lose, it's probably the best I can offer you. I liked the Clippers trade a lot, but this one is probably the best bet you've got at keeping LeBron James in Cleveland, despite his love for his city, his love for Ohio. Yeah, I think this is the best bet. Yeah, um, it's he, just, ultimately, as yeah. you mentioned in the last show, is chasing the ghost of MJ. Yeah, he he and is. He's, he's staying chasing in Cleveland. Just really isn't. It's his best shot. It's not the best move when next six. He's next, got three more. He's, he needs three more. Yeah. When next year there's so many free agents, they can all collude and decide where they want to go Especially together. Especially when they're all buddy-buddy. It's the yeah, AAU the, era. Lake, the, the Lakers have a ton of cap space. The Clippers can clear cap space. There's a lot of teams that have a lot of a lot of frameworks for them to become really good. So I think this is the best trade. I think the Suns are the best trade partner for the Cavs. I still don't think they're getting enough value for Kyrie, and I still think the problem is that they have to split between now and later. I think if you're going to go for a trade for Kyrie Irving, 25 years old, still has two years on his contract, a stud scorer, a proven, a proven NBA 30-point finals performer commodity, mm. you have to. The best way to get his value out of him is be, to go for either a future move or a now move, and I don't think the Cavs want to go for a now move because they don't know where LeBron's going to be next year. So we are running out of time. Yeah, we are so running out of time. So as a closing question, I would just ask if this, tro- this trade sorry, were proposed, a Kyrie for Josh Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, and a pick, do the Suns say no? Suns say yes. Suns say Sun yes. Suns say yes. The Suns sh- should. Let, let, In, they should say yes. Okay. They apparently the Suns really love Josh Jackson. They think he's the guy that's going to take them to the next level in the upcoming years, and it makes sense. Kyrie's going to guarantee for the next two years, and I don't think the Suns think they're a contender in the next two years. Josh Jackson's guaranteed there for four or five years. So it's t- it's tough for both sides. I think the Suns. So even it, that it, being, if, even that being said, do you think the Suns say yes? I, think, I mean, it's tough. I, 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 mean, it's I, tough. I, I think the Suns actually say no, but they should say yes. Kyrie Irving is a generational talent. They have two years to try to convince him to resign. Mm-hmm. Going from Cleveland to Phoenix is like 
going from generic food to actual freaking Oreos. Like it's it's just not even it's not even the same. Going it, it really it really is. And going from like vegan meat to actual steak. That's oh. that's what going from Cleveland to Phoenix is like. So I think I think they should say yes. They probably won't say yes because they really believe in Josh Jackson and they don't believe Kyrie would want to stay after the two years he's on contract for. And that's tough. That's why it's tough being in a mid middle market, I think. It's you want stars, but you know stars don't have to stay there, and it's tough to convince them to stay there. Yeah. I and, mean, Cleveland is in is as good of a spot, despite it being a terrible position, as it can be with a homegrown star who brought in other stars. And unfortunately, that's the end of an era. They can't count on that homegrown star to stay there any longer. And here we are, talking about what the potential is. And it's really a lose-lose, is it not? It really, it really is. It's a tough situation. I would hate to be the Cavs GM. And yeah, that poor Dan Gilbert. I'm glad we've reached a consensus. Yep. And with that, as much as I've enjoyed this last, well, I've lost track of time. This, this has been awesome. We've it's been had fun. a great time. It's thank been you, fun. Thank everyone for listening. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely be back sometime next week. Um, and we're excited. We're glad to get back on the radio consistently and really podcasting. Podcasting our asses off is so. I want to. I want to thank the aforementioned brands in Crown Royal Maple. I want to thank Coors Banquet. They've been fantastic to us. All those. All those openings you've heard on the air. Those are real. Those Those are are Coors Coors Banquet. And we want to thank. We have to thank. We we already. We want to thank Domino's. Domino's Domino's, really putting out a great product all the time. And please, if you can help out Nerlens Noel with a contract in the NBA, that would be great. He's. he's, Thank you, Sarah McLaughlin. Yes. Uh, thank you, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson, thank you for your 15 seconds. Thank you, Space Jam Soundtrack. Who does yes. that? Um, I have no idea. But I don't remember we, we, we want to thank them. And, and who's our who's our final thank you? Who are we thanking to close the show? Um, I think we're going to thank Ski Low. I, rapper, I would love to thank Ski Low. Ra- rapper of the great song, I Wish, who will be closing us out. So thank you all. We thank you for listening, and we hope you have a great weekend. Hey, this is radio station WSKEE. We're taking calls on the wish line, making your wacky wishes come true. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-form part. I wish I was like six foot nine so I could get with Leoshi cause she don't know me but yo she's really fine. You know I see her all the time everywhere I go and even in my dreams I can scheme a way to make her mine. Cause I know she's living fat, her boyfriend's tall and he plays ball so how am I gonna compete with that? Cause when it comes to playing basketball I'm always last to be picked and in some cases never picked at all. So I just lean up on the wall or sit up in the bleachers with the rest of the girls who came to watch they man ball. Dad y'all I never understood black weather jocks get the fly girls and me I get the hood rats. I tell them scat, skittles, kebab, got hit with a body, put in a hospital.